And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of Fibber, McGee, and Molly from 1941. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Tony must correctly answer more true or false trivia questions about Rod Stewart than I. Lisa Wolf-Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Tony. Hey, Tony. Glad to have you on with us. Hey, Tony. Hey, it's fun to be here. Terrific. Where are you calling from? Bourbonnet, Illinois. Bourbonnet. I don't know where that is, but it sounds fancy. Sounds like you can drink a lot there. Uh, you can drink bourbon. as much as you can. Bourbon you can a. drink as much as you want it's anywhere. Like, hey, you want some bourbon, eh? Oh, bourbon. Eh? Eh? Bourbon, eh? Well, we're going to be talking about Rod Stewart. That's Sir Roderick David Stewart. Oh. Born January 10th of 1945. He's turning 78. Wow. So uh, that wrap makes that around your finger. Old. Right? Ugh. Well, you are old. I know. Are you old, Tony? Tony? I'm not old. I'm going to guess Tony's old. like mid 40s. How's that sound? Pretty close. Part, right? You don't have to say. Yeah. Close. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a deep, you don't have to got say. A deep voice there, Tony. Yeah, good for radio. Right, yeah. Ever thought about being the on the radio? Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing radio? I'm, I'm on the radio now. That's true. You are. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're with us. Uh, these are all true and false. Uh, we're going to start with you, Tony. I'm going to give you a, a statement. You tell me if it's true or false, then Carl can agree or disagree. All right. Tony, okay. Rod Stewart's first single, which was in 1964, was titled Bonjour. Is that true or false? I think that's false. I agree. It's false. It is false. It's called Good Morning Little School Girl. Mm. I don't know. I thought Bonjour sounded better. We're tied up. Clearly, I was mistaken. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, I'm using a sailor knot for the for being tied up. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> yes. Rod has, has his own line of Converse available on his website. Converse? Converse. I, I, think, I think that that's true, actually. Okay. Tony, do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, Converse by gym shoes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that sounds true. Um, right. It does sound true, but I, I made that up. It's not true, but he does have some clothing and shirts and sweatshirts on there. Hmm. I just thought Converse sounded good. I guess it did. Yeah. All right. Fooled us both. I sure did. Tony, um, Rod yeah. Stewart was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2000. Oh, I know he was sick. Mm. I don't think it was. Lyme I had disease. lemon disease. That thing. Um, that sounds true. Okay. True. Well, I'm asking. Lyme you. disease. Um, I'm going to say false. It is false. Whoa. It is absolutely Here's false. For he did. Tony. He did have thyroid Carl. cancer, though, and that's ah. that's no joke. And he had surgery and had to learn how to sing again. 
but um, better than ever. You know, when I had uh, when I had lemon disease, it really made me sour. Well, you're still sour, so nothing has changed. <laughs> Carl Rod won a Grammy Award for his album Stardust: The Great American Songbook in 2005. Mm, I'm gonna say true on true. that. True, Tony, is he right? Um, yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, it's Sinatra-style standards, and hmm. that is absolutely true. Wow. Uh, Tony, Rod was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. Hmm. Mm. That was a long time ago, but he's been around. Uh, true. <sighs> I'm going to say false. It's true. Oh, you guys are tied man. up. <laughs> Here's for Tony. Here's for Carl. And this is the last question, Ooh. so be smart. Here we go. Carl. Yes. Rod appeared in South Park's 47th episode titled Rotten Tomatoes. True. False. False. Oh, it's man. false. It was called Are You There, God? It's Me, Jesus. Here's Carl. Here's Tony. <laughs> but Rotten Tomatoes is good, too. Tony. Tony, go, Tony. He did it. Ooh, ooh. He beat the host. <laughs> Wow. I mean, it wasn't that difficult, was it? Wow, Tony. Way to go. Um, I'm sweating, man. <laughs> you're going to win a four-CD set, Twilight Zone Radio Dramas. You're a great player. And uh, don't drink too much bourbon out there in Bourbonnet, okay? I will not. <laughs> it's great to hear from Take you care, again, Tony. Tony. All right, when we come back, it's Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, at least you sounded good there. Thanks. I had a, a good coach. That was really good. Man, <laughs> I like that spot. Mike did a great job producing it. Um, yeah. Join yeah. the classic radio club or call our number 815 900 7535 to uh, learn all about it. If you have any questions, you can call that number two, speak to a live operator. All right, well, uh, time for Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Kind of interesting broadcast because of the date of this broadcast, December 2nd, 1941. And uh, that date is five days prior to the bombing of Pearl Harbor when we got into World War II. Literally five days after this broadcast, Pearl Harbor was bombed. Um, this broadcast is um, historical. Uh, I mean, of course, we didn't have any idea. I mean, we, yeah, we were thinking we might be getting into the war around this time. Yeah. We had no idea we were going to be bombed, you know, on our um, in, in uh, Hawaii. We had no idea. This broadcast, uh, Fibber McGee and Molly stars Jim and Marion Jordan. They were uh, natives of... Peoria, Illinois, right here in Illinois. Bourbon A? Might be near Bourbon (laughs) A. A. Um, Their radio show premiered in 1935. They were on the air a long time, Lisa, all the way until 1959. Think about that. 1935 to 1959. And, of course, a TV was, you know, already prevalent by then as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were two spinoffs. There was uh, The Great Gildersleeve spun out of this show and also Beulah. Beulah was their maid. Right. And um, there was all kinds of great characters on Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Jim and Mary and Jordan were just fantastic in this role. It was a, always a very popular show, primarily sponsored by Johnson's Wax, later Reynolds Aluminum. 
Let's uh, let's go back and tune this in. Uh, Fibber wants to grow a mustache. I can grow a mustache. I just can't grow a beard. I don't know. I don't have really? enough male hormones or something. Oh, I'm not sure how you'd look. With mustache, a mustache, no problem. Hmm. Beard, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's tune this in. December second, five days before the bombing of Pearl Harbor, 1941, part one of Fibber, McGee, and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. <laughs> Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with Who Cares? Sometimes we wonder if moving pictures are a good influence on growing men. Or maybe our hero is just too impressionable. Anyway, ever since he saw Mr. Ronald Coleman a few nights ago, he has developed a British accent and started a mustache. If you could call that pathetic little growth on his upper lip a mustache. For further details, we refer you to Fibber McGee and Molly. Goodness sakes, McGee. Put that looking glass away and stop primping. Oh, come, come, old girl. <laughs> Can't a chap try to put in a decent appearance McGee, without... McGee, please. Huh? Please, dearie, drop that phony English accent. You sound like a stock company juvenile. With adenoids. <laughs> stock company juvenile? <laughs> oh, I say, that's uh, jolly good, really. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I give up. I'll go over to Mrs. Toops for a while. Oh, please. Molly, just because I'm trying to improve myself. You think that mustache improves, Jenny? Frankly, I do, Molly. Oh, not that I expect to look as good as Ronald Coleman, <laughs> though I am better built. <laughs> not better, dearie. Mm-hmm. You're just a little more uh, buxom in the belt. <laughs> well, anyway, this mustache is going to change my whole personality. Don't you think it gives me a kind of a air? No, but that stuff you're putting on it does. What on earth is that? Oh, this lotion? Oh, that's a recipe the old timer gave me. Says it's marvelous for mustaches. Been in his family for generations. Well, it smells like it. Hmm? <laughs> Why don't they mix up a fresh batch? Okay, okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. But you'll be sorry. Hey, Johnny, here's a different kind of lotion. Try this on your mustache. Okay, old timer, much obliged. This other stuff you brought me don't seem to do much good. I know. Brought you the wrong recipe. Huh? That was Grandma's homemade fly spray. Seventy days, fly spray. Hey, you might have poisoned me, old-timer. It's a good thing you come back. Oh, it won't hurt human beings none, Johnny. Oh. Grandma fed a spoonful to my cousin Crimble, and he never suffered no ill effects. Is that all? That is, unless you call running around the block screaming and hiccuping the ill effects. (laughs) Say, uh, does your grandmother put up a lot of these home remedies, Mr. Old-timer? Sure does, daughter. Never forget the time my boy Rance got his arm caught in the lawnmower. Well, sir, Grandma come trotting out, 
Yanked his arm loose, rubbed some awful smelling salve onto it, give it a couple of jerks, and that lawnmower run just as good as ever. <laughs> well, leave me know if this stuff don't help, Johnny. <laughs> taking quite an interest in your mustache, dearie. Yeah, he says his whole family is affected that way. You know, his great-grandmother got scared by a bicycle at the St. Louis Exposition, and believe it or not, Molly, when his father grew up, he had handlebar mustaches. <laughs> oh, my, isn't heredity interesting? <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a mint pie in the oven. Oh, dear, I wonder who that is. Oh, whoever it is. Now, don't say anything about my mustache, Molly. Let's see if they notice it. Well, uh, can't I just point and uh, snicker a little? No, please, Miss Molly. Come in. Uh, good day, my dear. Hello there, McGee. Oh, hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Latrivia. What's cooking? McGee, if there's anything I deplore, it is the idiotic custom of opening a conversation with such senseless questions as what's cooking, how's everything, and what do you know. They are meaningless and unanswerable. Uh, it's silly, isn't it? <laughs> I never thought of it that way before, did you, Molly? Well, frequently, if you must know. Oh. But if you'll excuse me, Mr. Mayor, I've got to run out in the kitchen a minute. Certainly, Mrs. McGee. And I must say, something smells delicious. What's cooking? <laughs> hmm. The question is meaningless, but it ain't unanswerable, Latrivia. It's a mince pie. Yes, and if I don't go take a look well, at the it... Well, Latrivia, notice anything different about me? No, I don't believe I do, McGee. Oh, I say, old chop, take a good look. It's something new for me, you know, really. Something new, eh? Yes, really. No, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. Let me guess. <laughs> I really did it because I always admired yours so much, Latrivia. <laughs> Catch on to it? Oh, oh how stupid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thanks. You've had your shoes shine. <laughs> no, 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 you don't get it. Take a gander at my upper lip. I can't see your lip with all those whiskers on it. What do you mean, whiskers? That's a mustache. Oh, yes, 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 of course, of course. And very becoming to you, too. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Hey, Molly, Latrivia thinks it looks good on me. Oh, do you really, Mr. Mayor? Indeed I do, Mrs. McGee. In fact, your husband's name came up this morning in regard to some Chamber of Commerce business, and my secretary said, now, if Mr. McGee only had something in front of his face. <laughs> but let's get back to business. He only had something in front of... Uh, what business, Trev? I'm uh, seriously considering renting the house next door to you, McGee. Oh. When are you planning on bringing over your other shirt and coffee pot, Latrivia? <laughs> well, it's not settled definitely, McGee. The man who lived there before, Mr. Gildersleeve, I believe... Uh, where did he move to? Sunday. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Well, he told me he had quite some trouble with his next-door neighbors. Oh. Now, tell me, who lives on the other side of that house? You mean you don't know? Know what, Mrs. McGee? The house on the other side of that house, Latrivia, ain't a house. It's a vacant lot. Oh, then he must have meant that you... Oh! <laughs> oh, I don't believe it. Quite. <laughs> but... I shall investigate further. Good day, Mrs. McGee. And uh, McGee. Yeah? Tell your mustache that the strange man is leaving and it can come out now. Martha Tilton saying kiss the boys goodbye. We're such a happy pair That it isn't right No, it isn't fair To all those other boys I gave the air. <laughs>
a wedding day. Can't the baby kind of celebrate? Kiss the boys goodbye. Daddy, let me wear the ring. What's the difference what the neighbors think? Let the baby linger on the ring. Kiss the boys goodbye. And while I'm kissing them sentimentally, keep the liberal point of view. Because I'm breaking it to them gently That my heart belongs to you So, Daddy, please remember this That tomorrow starts a lot of bliss Let me show them what they're gonna miss Kiss the boys goodbye Be reasonable, Daddy Give me one more night to play I want to sever all my connections In a ladylike sort of way I can't afford to have a scene On my wedding day I'd hate to have 17 fellas Give the bride away So daddy, please remember this That tomorrow's got the life of bliss Let me show them what they're gonna miss Kiss the boys goodbye Goodbye But it quivered in the storm So I raised a little mustache Just to keep it warm Oh, I had a dead rat this looking glass Makes me look like Dracula with a hangover Oh, I had a little mustache For goodness sakes Calling me, dear Don't get mushy with me Look, I just saw your watch on the dresser And the crystal has gone out of it You want me to take it down to the jeweler's? Oh, thanks, I took it out myself I got it right here, I have What are you using it for? (laughs) Well... I jolly well wanted to see how I'd look in a monocle. <laughs> well, how did it look, if you'll pardon my morbid curiosity? <laughs> I couldn't say, really. I had to squint so hard to keep the bolly thing screwed in, I couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> look, now, I admire the British just as much as you do, dearie, but take it easy. It's dangerous. What do you mean, dangerous, Mom? The first time you start driving on the left-hand side of the road, you will be in a mess. <laughs> Come in. McGee's residence? Oh, rather, old fellow. But we usually ask the tradesmen to deliver merchandise at the rear, you know. Oh, zip it up, Orson. <laughs> Here, sign the receipt. What's this package? Some stuff this guy bought down at Haggerty's Snuggery Tuggery. Much obliged, lady. And you, Basil. Hey. Quit trying to act like a yank at Oxford and just be a jerk at home. <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of Faber, McGee, and Molly, December 2nd, 1941. And, uh, yeah, Johnson's Wax, a sponsor, and you heard uh, Gail Gordon there as Mayor Latrivia, King's Men, Isabel Randolph is on this show as Mrs. Uppington. She reminds me of you. That's how you... I'm, you're very uppy. Yeah, very haughty. You're very haughty. Right? You know? I think so. Uh, Mrs. Uppington. Yeah, February has gone British and uh, has decided to grow a mustache. Oh, you're very good at that. Do you say mustache or mustache? Uh, mustache. 
A mustache. <laughs> mustache. <laughs> December 2nd, 1941, five days later, tragedy would strike. And um, the Japanese would bomb Pearl Harbor, and we would lose thousands of GIs. And uh, the very next day, we were in World War II, full throttle, as they say. So hope you're enjoying this uh, broadcast. Um, a little later in the show, you know, we do a five-hour show. We're going to play a show that we have never, ever played on the air before, a series that we recently uh, acquired the master recordings of, Mr. Chameleon, Good Detective Adventure with Carl Swenson, a fellow Carl. Right. We'll also hear Vincent Price in his very first episode of Suspense that he ever started. He was in a lot of them. Um, We'll also tune in uh, to This Is Your FBI, True Crime Case. So a lot coming your way here on Hollywood 360, right, Lisa? Right. I like the title, Mr. Chameleon. It's very... Mr. Chameleon. uh, Sounds really cool. You know, the whole thing with him was he was this educated detective. He was like a Sherlock Mm Holmes-y type of guy. And he used disguises... Ah, uh, solve Makes sense, right? To solve the case. And the announcer at the beginning of the show would always say, don't worry, you will always know who Mr. Chameleon is. You know, we won't fool you. We're going to fool the criminals. Right, so you're in the know. But we're not going to fool you. Right, well, you can't fool Carl. Oh, gosh, no. No. I mean, I've been on this earth 59, 59 years, years now. 59 years, you had to think about that uh, one, though. <laughs> 50, you're not going to fool me. Right. Fool me once, yes. Shame fool on. me twice. Shame on me. How does that go? Fool, fool me, me once, once, shame on sh- you. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Oh, is that how it goes? Mm-hmm. You're so smart, Lisa, I mean, you know that? You know, we balance each Gosh. other out, Carl. <laughs> All right, we'll be, we'll be right back. <laughs> If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, you know what, Lisa? If you are a Hollywood 360 newsletter subscriber, you received your January newsletter recently. We sent it out to everyone on the 1st of January. It's a free newsletter for all of our listeners. And it gives our schedule. It has articles written by Lisa, myself, Carl Shadow. Barry Rickert, Martin Grams. There's all kinds of fun things in our newsletter. And as I said, absolutely free. If you don't receive our monthly Hollywood 360 newsletter, what are you waiting for? Go to our website, hollywood360radio.com. The very top of the website is a way to put your email in. 
And when you do, you'll instantly get the latest uh, newsletter. And then every month on the first of the month, you'll automatically receive our newest newsletter with more articles and our full schedule. It's a detailed schedule. Um, so uh, you can't beat free. Right. It's the newest newsletter. And it's free. It's new and it's new. Yeah. So uh, go to Hollywood360radio.com. Top of the website, you'll see how to sign up for the newsletter. And uh, just uh, put your email in. That's it. Really simple. Simple dimple. Right? You have two of them. You have two dimples. I do. I do. Do you have any? No, I don't think I have any. Do I? I mean, none that I can see. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have any? I, I like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you've got two pretty deep dimples there I when do. you smile. Yep, they're they're they're. Who has those? My they're, dad. they're hereditary. Yeah, they are. So your dad has the mm-hmm. dimples. Same. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Very good. Uh-huh. Um, like Clark Gable had dimples. Remember? Yes, he did. All right, we're listening to Fibber McGee and Molly, December second, nineteen forty-one. Fibber's trying to grow a mustache. Here's the conclusion. Zip it up, Basil. Why that fresh mug? Well, say, what have you been buying down at Hagrid's Snuggerty Toggery? Oh, I thought I might as well go all the way, Molly, as long as I'm improving my appearance. I got a black Homburg hat and a pair of yellow gloves and some spats and a walking stick. Well, heavenly day. Yeah. What is the world coming to? And when? <laughs> Oh, I'll admit the walking stick might be a touch too much, but you can't... Oh, no. Huh? No, it isn't, McGee. If you wear the spats and yellow gloves, you'll need to carry a stick. And maybe some brass knuckles. <laughs> well, let's see if I sent my Godfers into this package. Oh, Dad, better. They forgot something. Oh, I say, dear boy, what did the chappies forget? Your shooting jacket for formal crap games? <laughs> Nah, them stupid goons forgot to put in my purple velvet smoking jacket. Yeah, pu- Oh, uh, will your lordship excuse me if I sit down a moment? I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, don't be like that, Molly. Don't you want your husband to be well-groomed? Don't you want me to look smooth? Oh, you'll be smooth, all right. You wear those spats and yellow gloves and somebody will polish you off. <laughs> but say, tell me, uh, did you only get one smoking jacket? Sure. You think I need two? Well, won't you need a longer one? For when you smoke king-size cigarettes? <laughs> For goodness sake, stop looking at yourself oh, in the mirror. Hello, folks. What's cooking? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. I say, old chap, is it necessary to use such weird expressions as what's cooking, how's everything, and what do you know? Really, they're rather senseless and unanswerable, you know? Oh, quite. Hey, what? <laughs> say, what goes on here anyway? Is he on the level, Molly? Well, he thinks he's on the level, but it's uphill work. <laughs> Won't you step in and have a spot of tea, old chap? I say, be a good girl and put the kettle on, old thing. We're not having any tea and don't call me an old thing. <laughs> How about a slug of root beer or something, Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> no, thanks, but I'd still like to know what this is all about. Well, I tell you, he saw Ronald Coleman in a picture the other night, and he's been like this ever since. I only hope they don't revive King Kong. <laughs> I've had enough of this monkey business. (laughs) Well, hey, look, Fibber. McGee, Mr. Wilcox is speaking to you. Turn around. I can see him. I'm looking in the mirror, ain't I? Hey, Harlow, you see anything different about me? Mm, No, except your face is dirty. (laughs) You've got a smudge on your upper lip. That ain't a smudge. It's a mustache. Gee, is it? 
<laughs> I bet Mr. Wilcox was never so foolish as to try and raise a mustache. Well, you'd lose that bet, Molly. I tried to raise one once, but I had to give it up. <laughs> I got a nasty suspicion, folks, that this is leading into something. <laughs> I can't get out of it now. <laughs> Why did you give it up, Mr. Wilcox? Well, it interfered with business. Every time I started to demonstrate Johnson's self-polishing glow coat and how it keeps linoleum spotless and sparkling with a minimum of time and effort, no rubbing or buffing. Yes, yes, yes. You just pour a little out, spread it on, and wait for it to dry to a gorgeous mirror-like finish, and it restores the beauty of the pattern and gives housewives hours of extra leisure, and don't accept any substitutes and get some from your nearest dealer today. We know, we know, we know. Now, what about your mustache? Yes, how did it interfere with your business, uh, Mr. Wilcox? Well, I'll tell you. I'd no sooner get through telling people how spotless it made their linoleum than I'd look down and see that black smudge. Every time I looked down, there it was. It made me nervous, so I shaved it off. <laughs> oh, that's it. I feel like Uncle Dennis trying to pass Joe's Tavern. I walked right into it. <laughs> you bring me that book, Harlow? Oh, yes, yes. Here. Uh, no hurry about returning it, pal. Keep it as long as you like. Well, so long, Joe. So long, Harlow. <sighs> What's the book, theory? It's an English book. Uh, how to play cricket. How to play with a cricket? Oh, no, you don't, Mickey. I won't have one in the house. But, Molly, it's just a game. I don't care if it is. In the first place, they're too noisy. Oh. Tweet, tweet, tweet all night long. No, sir, if you but want Molly, to... Molly, this cricket ain't an insect. I know it's... an insect when I see one. This is like baseball, only the difference That's is... That's even worse. A man of your age playing baseball with a cricket. Oh. <laughs> Heavenly days, McGee. First an English accent, and then mustache and a monocle, and now you play games with bugs. Oh. What's gotten into you? Hey, Molly. What? You ever go to a quilting bee? Yes, I have. You ever get stung? Don't be silly. It wasn't a real bee. Well, cricket ain't real. Ain't a real cricket either. That's the English name for baseball. <laughs> all right, dearie. All right, I give up. Go out and play golf with the grasshoppers uh... if you like. I won't. Play ball. Or uh, come in. Oh. Oh, hi, sis. Hi, mister. Hi, yeah. You want to send any messages to Santa Claus? My mama's taking me down to Bombtown Department Store tonight. Oh, she is, huh? Hmm? I said she is, eh? It's what? Your mama's going to take you down to see Santa Claus. I know it. Hmm? You want me to tell him anything for you? Oh, I don't know, sis. What's the procedure? Hmm? How do you go about it? On the streetcar. <laughs> I mean, what is the modus operandi? Uh, the gimmick? The... Oh, you mean how do you tell Santa Claus what you want, hmm? <laughs> That roughly was the thought I was trying to convey, sis. Oh. Well, first you get in line with the other kids. Yeah. And then when it's your turn to talk to him, he takes you up on his lap, and that's the part I don't like, because his beard always smells like mothballs. <laughs> well, you got to overlook that, sis. They say the moths are terrible at the North Pole. <laughs> now, then what happens? I don't know. I've never been there. I don't mean at the North Pole. I mean with Santa Claus. Oh. Yeah. Well, then you tell him everything you want, and there's a lady standing there, and she writes it all down and asks you what your papa's name is and has he got a charge account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Santa Claus's secretary. Well, gee, mister, if she was my secretary, I bet you I'd fire her, I bet you. You would? Sure. Why? Well, last year, when I was talking to Santa Claus... You know what she said to him? What'd she say? She said, speak up, you big dope. How can I write this down if you keep mumbling in your beer? Oh. <laughs> Gee, is there any way to talk to Santa Claus? I asked you. Well, I should say not. I, I guess he didn't hear her say it because 
If it's the same girl I saw there last year, she had some very well-filled stockings. McGee. And see... <laughs> Well, I guess I haven't got any message for Chris just at the moment, sis. Thanks, anyway. Well, that's okay, mister. But I hope if you ever have a mustache, you won't smell like mothballs. Oh, don't worry, sis, it won't. I, I got a kind of an instinct for a personal appearance. I've always been kind of a snappy dresser and man about town. What town? Peoria, mostly. Oh, my God. Why, sis, when I was just a young fella... I was the chic of Western Illinois. Oh, dear. With my bell-bottom pants and jazz bow tie. When I worked in the big mill there, I was quite the dude. <laughs> mill Dude McGee, I was known as. <laughs> mill Dude McGee, a magnificent mask of masculine muscle and manly manners, mesmerizing the maidens in the Midwest, and mentioned most every month in many of the men's magazines as the mirror and model for male millinery merchants, meticulous material manufacturers, and miscellaneous members of the Metropolitan Mob. Mighty and magnetic from November through May, but come and hear the King's Men sing Rose O'Grey. Rosie, Rosie, Rosie O'Day, she is the prettiest thing. Under her window from miles away, the fellows all gather and sing. Rose O'Day, Rose O'Day, you're my that horrible ointment on your mustache? Yep. They need a lot of encouragement when they're young like this. You know the old saying, Molly, great oaks from little acorns grow. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted a tree. <laughs> I thought you just wanted a bush. Goodness knows you've been getting enough raspberries to start one. <laughs> oh, well. Don't let it get you down, old girl. Chin up. Hip, hip, hip. Carry on and all of that. 
Oh, stop talking like that. I hope that's the guy from Haggerty's Snuggery Toggery with my velvet smoking jacket. Come in, Haggerty. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Come in, dear. Oh, ah, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? I just stopped into a... Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I uh, I don't believe I've met this gentleman. Hot dog, you hear that, Molly? <laughs> she didn't know me with my mustache. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, you're Mr. McGee. Sure, oh, I do hope you'll forgive me, my dear. <laughs> oh, forgive you? Why, heavenly days, you're lucky if he doesn't kiss you, Abigail. Oops. To think that his mustache would fool anybody that much. What did I tell you, Molly? I knew mustache? when I... Mustache? What mustache? Is Mr. McGee growing a mustache? Why, uh, yes, Abigail. Isn't that why you didn't recognize him? Oh, no, my dear. How ridiculous. No, I have a new lawn yet with bifocal lenses, and I simply can't see a thing. <laughs> Look, Uppy, don't the bifocal part of them glasses magnify? Well, yes, of course. Why? Well, come here. Take a peep at my upper lip. Very well. There. You see anything, Abigail? Oh, my dear. He really should do something about his skin. Those, those big purple spots. Raise your sights, Uppy. That's my necktie. <laughs> oh, May, of course, of course. How stupid of me, wasn't it? Yes, it certainly was. <laughs> McGee. Well, what can we do for you, Abigail? Or is this a social call? Oh, uh, no, no, Mrs. McGee. I am a committee of one from our ladies' club to inspect some of the city parks. And I thought you might care to go along. We have information from a very high source that parts of them are to be sold for parking lots. Oh, well, come down off your high source and tell us about it, Uppy. Oh, please, Mr. McGee. This is not a subject for liberty. Well, what's so liberty. serious about it, Abigail? It's city property, and they can sell it for parking if they want to. My dear, have you no thought for our little wild creatures? You mean them parking lot attendants? Oh. <laughs> You're impossible. <laughs> you and your little gray mustache. <laughs> My mustache ain't gray. It will be by the time it's a mustache. <laughs> ah, good old up. You know, Molly, I, I got a kind of a sneaking fondness for the old Percher on. <laughs> Personally, I think she's a very nice woman. Sure she is. Up, he's an old peach. Do you really think so? Sure I do. She's an old, wrinkled, dried-up peach that should have been pickled and canned years ago. <laughs> Hand me the phone, Molly. What are you going to do? I'm going to call Haggerty's Snuggery Toggery and see why they don't send out my smoking jacket. All right, here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Haggerty's Snug... Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, How's every little thing, Mert? Is, eh? What's say, Mert? Your sister? Got pinched, eh? For going too slow. Heavenly days in her car, McGee. No, a revolving door. <laughs> What's that, Mert? Okay, I'll call him later. Goodbye. Say, you know, one of these days you're going to get your number right off and won't have time for one of those things. <laughs> That'll be too bad. I'd hate to take a poll on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, for goodness sakes, McGee, take your fingers out of your mouth. I just feel inside of my upper lip, Molly. My mustache don't seem to be growing very fast. Just wondered if it got mixed up and was growing in instead of out. You know, <laughs> sometimes you find potatoes... Hey out. there, Johnny! How's the mustache? Oh, hi, old-timer. Those lotions you gave me don't seem to have done much good. Johnny, here, try this one. Oh, oh is this another one of your grandmother's concoctions, Mr. Oldtimer? Yep. And Grandma swears by this one. Oh. Fact is, she swears a lot by this one. We have to send the kids up to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, old-timer. <laughs> yes, but that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> 
Hilaire says. See where the aviator flew from Denver to New York in less than 12 hours. That's so, says Tullyfeller. Must have been in a hurry. Have a wife in New York? No, says the first feller. In Denver. <laughs> well, try this stuff under your mustache, Johnny, and leave me know what happens. Okay, but I'm getting kind of discouraged. The more stuff I put on, the less it seems to grow. Grow? Why, yes, why not? Oh, my goodness, and I've been giving him stuff to make it go away. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What you doing, Ma? I'm throwing out all these fancy hair tonics and no. lotions. I've had enough of this now. Oh, now, Ma. I'm sorry, dearie. I can't stand this crimping and posing any longer. Oh. You'll have to choose between me and your mustache. You mean? Yes. Now, which will it be? Well, I'll take the mustache. Oh. Oh. Ah. <laughs> trying to raise a mustache, dearie. Oh, it's a kind of old family tradition, Molly. Ever see our family album? All my ancestors had beards down to here. Oh, no razors? No, no chins. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is Marla Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry. Inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Is your car sitting out in front of your house now? If it is, take a quick look at it. Doesn't it need a cleaning and polishing job? Well, then just try Johnson's Car New, the sensational auto polish that does two jobs at once. Both cleans and polishes in one application. Car New is a wonderful labor saver. It's inexpensive, and it offers an easy way for you to take better care of your automobile. Remember the name, Johnson's Car New, spelled C-A-R-N-U. Made by the makers of Johnson's Wax. This is the National Broadcasting Company. This is Chicago, WMAQ. You know, whoever came up with that name, Carnu, Carnu? didn't know how to spell very well. Um, C-A-R-N-U. Right. Huh? Mm, I mean, I'm right. not the best speller, but, no, I, I, know that. but I know how to spell new. Right. N-E-W. Oh, huh? so they should have done that. I kind of like it. Carnu, Carnu, N-U. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's you. Here's you working at the ad agency. I love that. Yep, I like wow, it. Wow, that was great. <laughs> Give that person a promotion. So exciting. No, that'd be me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Fibber McGee and Molly, December 2nd, 1941, five days before Pearl Harbor. NBC broadcast, uh, Jim and Marion Jordan. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. All right, going back to 1991. Don't fall asleep this time. It okay. is a little bit on the slow side. All right. Oh, is it? When a man loves a woman. Nothing else. Who's singing? Of course, there's been a lot of versions, but who's singing right here? Percy's Faith. <laughs> All right, that's funny. So it was first recorded by Percy Sledge. That was 1966. Okay, and it was a Percy somebody. Right? And then Bette Midler recorded a song 14 years later Oh, that's Bette Midler? No. <laughs> but we're at 1991, so this is Michael Bolton, right? That's Michael Bolton? Yes. Really? Yeah, this went to number one on the charts in 91. Huh. Did you think it was a woman? No, no, no. I, I okay. knew it was a guy. I'm trying to... It's good, though. It's good, a good it's voice, good. right? Yeah, it's very good. Who sings better, Michael Bolton or me? I want to hear you. 
I can't go that high. I can't oh, hit those high it. notes. Right. Well, maybe uh, on one of the other songs, you'll be able to show me what you can do. So it's first written by Percy Sledge, huh? Recorded, Recorded. not written by. Okay. That's correct. Percy. I knew there was a Percy in there That's somewhere. True. What did you say? Percy Faith? Percy Faith? Is I don't that know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody. There's somebody out there um, named Percy Faith. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know who it that. is, but there's somebody. Because it was lodged in my brain cavity right. somewhere. Right. Faith Hill? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Wait, thanks, Lisa. 1991, 1991 huh? All right. Thanks. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Vincent Price stars on Suspense, going back to 1943. But first, we're going to need a Hollywood 360 listener to play Name That Tune with us. That's right. If you're a fan of Rod Stewart, you like to be on the air and hear some Rod Stewart tunes, you can name that tune with us. Give us a call at 312-642-5600. Looking for caller number four. All right. See you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.